Hello, everybody, and key all around. In today's session, our presenters will discuss the market readiness of Australia and New Zealand to use um, recycled crumb rubber from other than um, truck sources, such as passenger tyres or mining and agricultural tyres uh, for road paving operations. We have more than 200 people um, registered for today's session. Thanks so much for joining us. My name is Ekaterina, um, I'm a Senior Communications Officer at Austroads and I will be moderating today's session together with one of our presenters, um, Associate Professor Filippo Gestozzi. Filippo will moderate the Q&A at the end of the webinar. I'd like to start by acknowledging the Treaty of Waitani and Maori as the regional people of New Zealand. I also acknowledge the Australian Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people as the custodians of the land from which we're broadcasting today. Austroth is based in Sydney, um, and so today I'm on the land of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. I pay my respect to all this past, present and emerging, um, and the deep and ongoing connection to the land. A little bit about Austroads. Uh, we are the collective of Australasian transport and traffic agencies, and our focus is to support our member organizations to deliver an improved road transport network. This project uh, that we are focusing on today was delivered under the um, Transport Infrastructure Program, which is managed by Rose Garpi. A bit of housekeeping. Um, our presenters will speak for 40 minutes and then we will have a Q&A session for 15 minutes. The slides and the report can be downloaded from the handout section of your sidebar, which you will find on the right-hand side of your screen. To send us your questions for the Q&A, please use the question icon on your sidebar. Um, if your question relates to any particular slide, include the number of that slide in your message. Uh, that helps give context uh, to your question and helps us answer it as best as we can. Also, let us know if you have any technical problems, but just a quick tip, if your uh, picture freezes or you lose sound, the issue is most likely with your internet connection. So closing your browser and rejoining the session via your email registration usually helps. This session is being recorded um, and we will let you know when the recording is available on our website. If you listen to podcasts, um, you can also find Austroads in your podcast app. And it gives me a great pleasure to introduce our presenters for today, um, Anna D'Angelo and Associate Professor Filippo Gestozzi. Um, Anna is the Executive Director of Technology and Leadership at the Australian Flexible Pavement Association. Uh, she brings over 20 years of experience in the development and use of bituminous materials. Filippo is an expert in road and airport pavement materials. At RMIT University, he's uh, leading the Intelligent Materials for Road and Airport Pavements Research Group and is currently involved in several projects um, of national and international relevance on recycled and innovative um, road materials. So welcome to our presenters uh, and over to you, Anna. Thanks, uh, Ekaterina, and uh, good morning, everyone. Hope you can hear me well and uh, see the slides. So we're going to talk about the end-of-life tyres in Australia and New Zealand. So first of all, I would like to introduce the project team, um, the Australian Flexible Payment Association, uh, RMIT University and the TSI, Tyre Stewardship Australia. And I would also like to uh, take the opportunity to thank uh, the members of the Austroads working groups 
the ASFAT uh, research technical group uh, and the, uh, including juris jurisdiction across Australia and New Zealand and the Pavement Task Force members uh, for giving us uh, feedback and uh, contributing to this project. Now, starting um, a little bit about the uh, project uh, background. Now, the use of crumb rubber in uh, road applications uh, is well known in Australia uh, and is already widely established, uh, especially for spread sealing. Uh, traditionally, uh, track tyres have been preferred to produce road grade crumb rubber um, because of their higher natural uh, um, rubber content. Uh, leading to uh, think that uh, this would uh, ensure um, superior property or superior quality of the crumb rubber modified bitumen. However, recent studies uh, have shown uh, when comparing uh, uh, modified bitumens, modified with the crumb rubber from passenger car tires and crumb rubber from OTR, from track tires, that actually they, they have similar properties. So the objective of this project uh, were to provide an overview of the recycling, the tyre recycling industry in Australia and New Zealand and understand the current practices, evaluate the feasibility of using passenger cars and other non-truck tyre crumb rubber sources to modify bitumen and analyze the capacity across Australia and New Zealand to produce crumb rubber from uh, um, various sources of rubber. So uh, essentially the ultimate pro um, um, goal of this project was to help identify the Australian and New Zealand market readiness um, and evaluate uh, any potential technological uh, opportunities or barriers to the use of other than track tires for crumb rubber production. Now, um, from a report published in 2022 by TSA, uh, we know that uh, Australia purchases uh, every year uh, 563,000 tons of new tyres. And in this slide, you see the breakdown. 41% uh, uh, passenger car tyres, uh, 35 trucking buses, and 25% of the road. Now, the off the road includes tyres from uh, uh, different uh, sectors, um, can be um, uh, agriculture, mining, um, construction, um, aviation, uh, but the largest contribution comes from mining and agriculture. And uh, on a ton tonnage basis, uh, the mining and agriculture sectors have dominated consumption over the last five years. Um, uh, in representing over 70% of the tonnages of OTR tie consumption. And with almost 400 um, mines um, operating across Australia, uh, mining consumes the most of any OTR sector. Now, for 159,000 tonnes uh, of tyres uh, reach the end of life every year. And again, you see in the slide how this is split um, um, in the passenger 41%, uh, 34 trucking buses, and uh, 20, about 25% from uh, for off the road. Uh, and essentially, you see that approximately 
of the waste is generated from non-truck tires. And only 12% of end-of-life OTR tires are recovered. Um, and here again, the majority is mining and agriculture that are disposed on site for the majority or sent to landfill. Uh, now, when we talk about recovery uh, of end-of-life tires, uh, uh, we mean uh, um, that, that, that the tires can be repaired or refurbished to be used again, and this is about uh, 20%, or they can be processed into tire-derived product. Uh, and here is the crumb rubber that we use in uh, um, rolling, uh, but also the rubber granules for playground. Uh, it also includes the tire derived fuel. So um, these, are, these are the um, tires shredded in pieces that can be used as a fuel supplement. Uh, and this is around 41%. Uh, alternatively, they could be used in thermal processing, like, for example, pyrolysis. Uh, and 25% uh, are disposed to uh, landfill or on-site, and this is, again, especially for OTR tiles, and 3% are dumped or stockpiled. Uh, looking now at the, so the tile waste generated and the recovered, um, you know, the, looking at the recovery rate, uh, which is 72%, uh, this you know, might seem uh, that is a good result. However, when we dig a little bit deeper into the data, um, we see that only 20%, 21% is used uh, for domestic market, with the majority being exported overseas. Now, part is exported, already reprocessed as uh, shredded chips for tire-derived fuel, as I mentioned before, this is used primarily as a fuel supplement. Um, and um, part is, or I should say, was exported as whole tires. So these tires were you know, bailed and sent overseas to be processed in pyrolysis plant or shredded to produce tire-derived fuel offshore. Now, as I mentioned, this was uh, um, before uh, December 2021, uh, because in 2019, uh, environmental ministers agreed that waste tire, which uh, um, have not been processed uh, in Australia uh, into a value-added material, should be banned uh, from being exported overseas. Now, this uh, in 2021, uh, this ban was implemented. So, according to the Recycling and Waste Reduction Act 2020, the export of all bale tires or tires in pieces larger than 150 millimeters is now not allowed. Now, when we um, were you know, doing this project uh, last year and um, we became aware of this uh, ban, we expected that uh, you know with this new regulation that this new regulation would impact the future volumes are exported and lead consequently to more tires remaining in Australia that you know if you if not recovered would increase the volume of tires being disposed in landfill or stockpiled. Um, now 
so before this uh, um, uh, webinar, we reached out uh, and we followed up with ESI to understand uh, uh, the current situation and the consequence of this ban. And, the, and, and this is what we were told. So after the 2021 ban, the total waste generation is increasing uh, and the, the tire export went down post the ban. Um, but um, the, now the disposal of end-of-life tires to landfill or on-site or dumping has increased. Uh, and the problem is that the domestic consumption hasn't picked up. So essentially, uh, we've got more tires uh, in Australia, uh, which uh, um, have not been um, um, processed or have not, have not been used to produce uh, crumb rubber, considering our uh, industry. And, um, and so being disposed to landfill or on site. Uh, so we should actually looking at, uh, you know, find opportunities to increase the use of crumb rubber from any source of tire to modified bitumen. So we look during this research, during this project, we also looked at the um, uh, end of life tires uh, uh, in the situation in New Zealand. Now, I must say that during the project and the survey, we conducted information uh, about the end-of-life tires in New Zealand that was quite limited compared to what we found for Australia. And according to a report uh, published by TireWise in 2020, um, we know that uh, approximately 6.5 million of end-of-life tires per year uh, is produced, the, the waste is produced in New Zealand, and of these, uh, 4 million ended up in landfill or stockpiled or dumped, posing a threat to the environment. Uh, so this equals to approximately 80,000 tons of end-of-life ties per year, of which approximately 53% is from passenger car ties, 41 from trucks, and 6% from OTR. Now, in 2020, uh, ties were declared a priority product by New Zealand government. And uh, so as a result, uh, um, a regulated the product the stewardship scheme is expected to, be, um, to become operational at, by the end of this year, uh, following the accreditation of the tie-wise product stewardship scheme. So this means that TIEWISE will manage the scheme, so we'll ensure that ties are collected and recycled instead of ending up in landfill or roadside or being illegally dumped. In New Zealand, the manufacture of crumb rubber is very limited, and this is due to the lack of demand and the size of the market. Only two Tire recyclers, uh, um, we, um, we know, are currently equipped to manufacture road-grade crumb rubber, uh, and process, they process um, rubber buffings from truck tire retread operations uh, or in, in the old tires, so passenger and truck tires. Uh, and so they, this includes you know, separation and, uh, and recovery of steel and textile. But however, since um, there's very low demand for this product, uh, their operation is more focused on producing other type, other products, so not the road grade crumb rubber. Um, however, we think that uh, with the introduction of this uh, um, product stewardship, uh, you know, this could support uh, uh, collectors and process, processors of 
the end-of-life tires and so um, you know it could increase the recovery rate and generate opportunities to um, manufacture the crumb rubber for roading and you know use the crumb rubber in the New Zealand road network. Uh, a little bit about uh, the different sources of rubber that we uh, look at. Now, after tyres, uh, conveyor belts are Australia's second largest rubber waste stream and are typically present in any, you know, most industrial settings, depending on the, uh, the, the application, the length and width and the thicknesses can, be, can vary. Most conveyor belts are composed by two parts. One is the carcass, which is made of materials such as polyester or nylon or steel cords, and the cover is made with natural and synthetic rubber. So this is what we are interested in. But however, there's not detail on the total consumption and recovery of conveyor belt yet. Now, mining and agricultural tyres, I mentioned a bit about these tyres before. Um, they represent the majority of the total OTR tyre consumption and the um, size of these tyres uh, differ depending on each ma ma machinery and um, depending on the day-to-day -day, uh, operational demand. Um, they can their weight can vary from you know, 100 kg to 4 ton for the big, large size tyres. Um, and uh, as I mentioned at the start, a low percentage of end-of-life OTR um, is currently recovered, with the majority being disposed on site. Um, and the reuse uh, has been limited by uh, you know, the practical issues associated with uh, handling and transporting these ties and processing these large size ties, but you will um, hear more in the uh, other part of the presentation. Now, passenger car ties, that includes um, you know, the SUVs, the um, four-wheel drives, um, are richer in textile content than the radial truck ties, and they will have a slightly higher synthetic rubber content. Um, now, the, uh, as I mentioned before, approximately 65% of all Thai waste generated in Australia is from passengers and um, OTR ties, mining and agriculture especially. Truck ties, uh, not much to add uh, in regards to truck ties, uh, only that uh, um, I'm not an expert in ties, but uh, I know that uh, there can be different type of truck ties. Um, radial and cross-ply, where the cross-ply tyres may contain a higher content of textile. And then lastly, uh, used uh, motorcycle tyres and bike tyres could be another potential source of rubber, uh, but there's not detailed data on the total consumption and the recovery of this type of tyres. We only know in uh, of a company in Victoria that recycles uh, um, around 30,000 tons of uh, bicycle tyres, and so this contributes to, reduce, to reducing the uh, about 25 tons of tyres ending up in landfill. Uh, now, lastly, my last slide for my part, um, what is in a tyre? Well, the majority of the tyres have uh, an external structure, uh, which has a tread, then two sidewalls and, and beads. So these are the steel wires that secure the uh, tie to the wheel. And then the inner components of the tie 
the lining, the metal wires, uh, can vary depending on the tire manufacturer and also the tire type. But essentially, the main components are rubber, which is what we're interested in, which can be around the 50 to 60% of natural and, and synthetic rubber, the steel, um, textile, which as I mentioned, uh, is higher in uh, passenger car ties, can be up to 15%, while for truck and OTR, uh, is a, can be around the three to five, and then carbon black, uh, around 25%. And then there are other uh, small amount of additives uh, like anti-aging additives or extended oils. So this is all uh, from me. And then I'm now going to um, uh, um, end over to Filippo for the second part of this presentation. Thank you. Thanks, Anna. Um, the second part of this presentation will mostly revolve around the um, industry readiness to handle other sources that are not um, track tires. Um, so any possible adjustment needed, for instance, at the tire recycling plant, um, at the asphalt and bitumen plants as well. Um, I will then briefly cover uh, the current binder and, and the asphalt specifications in terms of Crumb rubber sources that are allowed to be used in asphalt mixes or, or in binder blends. And at the very last uh, point of the presentation, there will be one slide on, on the various perspectives in, in regard to the use of other than track tires crumb rubber from, from the three main players, basically. So tire recyclers, um, asphalt and bitumen contractors, so mostly the AFPA members, and, and the road authorities. Um, to understand um, the readiness of the tire recyclers to deal with anything else that, that is not really track tires, and, and that, as Anna said, was the, the main purpose of, of this project, um, we interviewed them one by one. In some, in some cases, actually, this happened multiple times. Um, at the time of these interviews, uh, there were approximately 16 tire recyclers across Australia and New Zealand, as you can see on the map there. Um, however, out of the 16, 10 uh, agreed to share information with us. They were all uh, Tire Stewardship Australia accredited uh, tire recyclers, and uh, the data collected ranged from um, general company data, such as the number of employees and, and others, uh, to the number of locations of the facilities, um, uh, the equipment that was available, the collection schemes they adopt, the, the, the final product they sell, what the selling price they sell it for, and, and their possibility and also their capabilities to produce and manufacture and, and, and handle um, anything else that is different from, from a track tire. So um, the number of tire recyclers is actually growing. So from the time we, we conducted this interview, uh, we got information from Tire Stewardship Australia that three additional recyclers are now going through um, the TSA accreditation process. So let's jump into uh, the, the results um, from the uh, tire recycling industry survey. So out of the 10 recycling plants, as I said, who agreed to be interviewed, there was one from New Zealand. Um, this tire recycler from New Zealand participated to the survey. 
However, they are not currently producing Chrome rubber for, for road applications. And that is due, as Anna said, to the lack of demand in New Zealand that will probably be fixed uh, rather soon. Um, they produce tie-derived products, yes. Um, they can easily adjust their plans to produce uh, uh, road-grade crumb rubber. Yes, they can do that. But right now, they mostly sell to uh, horse arenas, playgrounds, and, and different types of applications. So we decided to drop um, this uh, company from New Zealand. And therefore, we will just plot here the uh, companies who responded to us and that are currently producing crumb rubber for roads application. When we say crumb rubber for roads application, the, the main scope of this project was to focus on crumb rubber for the wet blend. So crumb rubber with a mesh 30 or 0.6 millimeters and, and below. So in the graphs that you will see here and in the following slides, um, the numbers are representative of the responses from nine um, uh, tire recycling companies. So in terms of the company sides, you can see on the left-hand side, in, in green, uh, the majority are small companies with less than 20 employees. However, keep in mind that uh, the magnitude of um, the production output, and that's correlated to the graph you see in brown down at the bottom, um, it's not dependent on the number of employees most of the time, uh, but rather it's related um, with the technology level and, uh, and the automation, I would say, at the recycling plants. So one third um, was classified. So that's why basically um, you see almost half of the companies being small, but only 11% uh, of them at a, at a low production rate, because that means that some of the small companies can produce a low uh, production rate, a medium production rate, and a high production rate in, in some instances. Uh, one third uh, is classified as a medium company, so less than 50 employees, and um, they they have uh, uh, either a medium or a high production annual production capacity. Uh, two companies only had more than 50 employees, and these largest large-scale companies they commonly rely on on larger collection schemes. Uh, sometimes even at the national level, uh, they have more advanced machines. Um, multiple uh, facilities at different locations, uh, which explain in a way the large production output. And, and these large companies are mostly uh, present in, um, in New South Wales and Victoria, whereas medium companies, and you can see that uh, in the graph on the right hand side, medium companies are the one in uh, um, uh, orange. Um, they can be found they can be found uh, um, also in Queensland. Um, small companies are located in Western Australia, in Queensland, uh, New South Wales, in addition to the others we just mentioned. So uh, please note that the um, large scale companies in Victoria and New South Wales, they're also responsible for producing crown rubber that is then commonly dispatched and, and hauled to, to other states. Um, commonly involving significant transportation distances across Australia. Um, in terms of um, how they collect end-of-life tires, uh, the response here was quite um, unanimous. Uh, well, most of them use their own trucks or have a combination of trucks and, uh, and drop-off collection point. You can see that um, in the blue bar on the left-hand side. Um, only one company, out of the ones we have interviewed, 
um, they rely on a third-party service that delivers the tire directly to their plant. And this was a small company, if you think about the previous slide, was classified as small company. Um, the trucks typically used for this job are compact truck uh, uh, trucks or, or uh, medium-sized trucks. But um, if they collect whole tires, they can probably handle around 100 to 180 passenger or track tires, depending on the mix of them. Um, otherwise, if they are transporting compacted tires already, they might be able to go up to 450 tires per, per trip. Um, in some circumstances, we found companies that had a, a, a mobile shredding plant in rural parts of Australia and were using that that mobile shredding plant to shred down uh, whole tires into chips, mostly around 100 by 100 millimeters in size. And um, according to, to this particular um, um, processing um, method, they were able to actually transport about 40 tons of chips rather than 14 tons of whole tires. Um, it goes without saying that none of the companies surveyed uh, by us was involved in the collection of OTR ties. These are still considered like um, special arrangements, uh, mostly with the mining companies or uh, big agricultural companies. Now, without, without going too much into the details of how crumb rubber is manufactured, because there is a lot of information out there, and I will refer you to read this part into the report. Um, there are several uh, high-definition graphs that you can have a look at, but the recycling processes in general can be broken down into four uh, main phases. One is the collection. We have already talked about the collection. And then there is a shredding part, and then there is the removal of everything that is no rubber. And the, the final step is the production of the actual, of the actual product. So this is just an example of a large uh, processing facility. It's an example uh, by mean that um, other facilities that are of the same size or different size may or may not do things differently, may or may not have access to the same technology. So it's just an example to show you the different steps, which basically after collection um, go through primary and secondary shredding machine. Sometimes there is no secondary shredding machine, uh, depending on the size of the, of the recycling plant. Um, the shredding machine is responsible for bringing the whole tires down into shreds, so 150 by 150, 100 by 100. Then it goes into a rasper. The rasper uh, can also uh, look after the steel parts and the textile part in, in the larger sense. And at this point, um, the majority of the steels and fluff is removed. Then it goes into granulator and uh, cracker meal to further reduce the sides all the way down to the mesh 30 crumb rubber uh, we're looking at for, for this project. As I said, all the details are in the, in the full report, so I won't go um, too much into the detail of this. Um, however, I would like to talk about um, some of the bottlenecks that we found in the industry. So when it comes to recycling tires that are not radial track tires, as Anna said, there are also other types of track tires that might be problematic. Um, like cross-ply. Um, one of the main bottlenecks is exactly this, the, the, the removal of textile. 
um, which is commonly done by fiber separator, aspirators, uh, cyclones, turbines, so on and so forth. Um, less than half of the tire recyclers that we interviewed have um, specific fiber separating equipment, actually four out of nine. Um, although, and this is kind of important to consider, in many circumstances, they are reprocessing and they are recycling passenger car ties, and they are currently producing a blend of passenger and truck ties. Um, this is uh, just another image about one of these machines. And this is actually how the fluff coming out from the recycling of um, passenger car ties uh, looks like. It's quite voluminous, it's lightweight, and, and among other things, it's very easy to catch fire. So this could be an issue. Um, when processing OTRs instead, uh, de-beading, as Anna said, um, industrial shears equipment, they, they are all needed. You can see a photo there of an industrial shear um, shredding uh, a big mining tire into smaller pieces. Keep in mind that these large mining and agricultural side, uh, uh, tires, they can go up to four or five tons each. So the objective of this industrial shear is to shred them down into 300, 400 kilograms uh, pieces in order to be easily put into um, the uh, shredding machine. So de-beating equipment, industrial shears, they are currently uh, required to remove steel-wise uh, cords from the OTR ties, um, especially if you're talking about big mining ties. Only two companies out of the ones interviewed, and you can see them circled in red, they had access at the time of the interview um, to this type of, uh, of equipment. Um, and uh, however, we got to know after that several other um, tire recyclers are now looking into this market, especially <clears throat> the companies present in New South Wales, uh, Queensland and Western Australia, so the big mining states. Um, after removing the large pieces of the steel wire from the beads, um, the shear is used to reduce it into smaller sides. It goes into a shredder like this, and then it follows the same process uh, or the same processes that you have seen in, in my previous slide. And this is Anna shearing a, a big mining tire uh, with her brand new uh, escalator. No, I'm kidding. Um, some images here to show you what we're talking about more clearly. So you can see here a piece, a chunk of the mining tire uh, after being um, shredded into pieces. You can see the amount of steel that is in that tire. You can see it better from this picture, maybe. It's quite large, so it's quite difficult to handle. However, you can see that there is a huge amount of rubber that can be recovered from that tire. And you can also appreciate the small amount of fluff that is included into an OTR tire, into a mining tire, compared to the one I showed you before. So the question, because as I said, um, we wanted to show you the market readiness um, from the perspective of the tire recyclers first, uh, four of the recyclers have uh, fiber separating equipment, so dedicated equipment just to, to, remove, to remove the fluff and, and to remove the textile content. Five of them, and that's the green bar, uh, they will need 
to introduce some modification to, to their recycling plant. This is just a video showing you the separation of the fluff. Um, so the importance of the dedicated fiber separator is mainly concerning um, processing um, passenger ties, as I said before, due to their composition. Just to give you an idea, probably Anna has already mentioned this, but an OTR tire um, and a radial truck, they, they contain approximately three to 6% uh, textile. Um, a passenger car is about three times that. So um, on, on the right-hand side, of these uh, graph, you will see in blue the companies that will require uh, modification to um, their recycling plant to handle OTR. Some of the challenges with OTR are obviously the collection from remote sites and the big size of the machines. And you can appreciate one on the right hand side that will probably be commissioned in Western Australia within uh, this year, in 2023. Um, In terms of the price of a road grade 30 mesh ground rubber, these were the answers from the companies interviewed. So you can see that the majority of them, four out of nine, are selling ground rubber for um, uh, $600 to $700 per ton. But there are instances where the price, just in one circumstance, where the price was above $800 per ton. And believe it or not, this is also related to the collection schemes. So if they are forced to only collect truck tires, they need to go through special arrangements and, and it will probably cost them more to collect um, truck tires exclusively. If they can handle both passenger and car and, and truck tires, it would be much easier for them to collect larger quantities and afford to lower down the prices a bit. Um, overall, the main outcomes from this survey that was mostly related to tire recycling, to the tire recycling industry in Australia and New Zealand, um, was that they, they do have access to different technological advancements. Some of the companies, were, they were quite uh, green, they were um, established probably two or three years ago. Uh, some, of other, uh, some of the other companies, they, they have reached quite a high level of automation, so they can produce high quantity of pretty much everything they want. Um, approximately 65%, and this is probably important to notice, 65% of the tire recycler uh, currently produces um, a blend of passenger car tires and truck tires. Some, they also add OTR in the blend. Uh, and this is mostly due to the difficulty of sourcing only one type of tire, especially in um, some circumstances because the asphalt industry is quite a seasonal uh, business. So they are all forced to look after uh, track tires, to, to look for new track tires all of a sudden um, at the same point in time. So that might be a bit challenging and they may adapt different percentages also up to 20, 25, 30, 40% passenger car tires and other tires into the blend when they need to. Um, however, the majority of recyclers interviews do not have access to sufficient technology to effectively separate textile content from tires. So some of the textile will stay there. Um, there is a significant interest in recycling OTR tires, especially as I said, in the, in the three mining states. Um, the majority of the industry does not have access to the necessary level of technology. I show you the big machines that are required. I know that there are um, significant investments now 
provided by the government and, uh, and uh, TSA for uh, um, buying this type of equipment and to make it operational. Uh, but as of today, the number of plants, of recycling plants that can handle OTR, especially the big ones from mining and agricultural operation is still limited. 44% of the tire recyclers are currently upgrading their plant or upscaling their operations with the construction of, of new plants. So, um, as Anna mentioned before, there is a, a common belief, or there has been a common belief that truck tires are better. Um, at the time of the interview, several recyclers told us, um, you know, Filippo, a crumb rubber from truck tires is, is the only one accepted by the specification. Um, this is uh, all the road contractors uh, uh, want me to produce. So we decided to engage um, with the road authorities and see what they specify for, for the source of the rubber to be used in, in bitumen and asphalt. So not really the, the, the asphalt performance with crumb rubber or anything like that, but just for what relates to the source of crumb rubber that is allowed. You can see here summarized in a few tables, and this is an extract from the report, it becomes quite clear that most of the road authorities, they do not limit the use of ground rubber from a particular source. For instance, if you see Western Australia, it's basically open to any type of, of source. They say from end of life ties or other suitable rubber products. Uh, South Australia, there is no source that is specified. Um, they just put some of the key properties of the rubber itself. They don't mention where the rubber should come from. And in Victoria, there is um, a statement that uh, um, it needs to be supplied from car or truck tires or a mixture of both. So it, it, it means that only car or truck tires, this suggests that uh, probably no OTR have been um, taken into consideration yet. And that was the same in Tasmania. Uh, in New South Wales, it's pretty much similar as it is in Victoria. So only car or truck tires, um, there is no clarity here about the combination of both as it was specifically stated for Victoria and Tasmania, but basically you are allowed to use other than track tires. Um, Queensland is basically open to any type of source. At uh, the national level we have Austroads uh, that says from waste tires generated in Australia. So again it's basically open to any type of, of, of tire. Um, not spec so all spec um, mostly specifications for local government and councils, they refer back to the outsourced specifications. So it's basically open to any type of source. Um, AFPA in, in their pilot specifications, they just mentioned from end of life type. So again, it's basically open to any type of source. So from these analysis, um, overall was evident to us that really none of the Australian and New Zealand standards mandate the use of um, track tires exclusively. Um, instead, most of these states, they just uh, um, address this as a, um, vehicle tires or from waste tires or from end of life tires. So and it, it, that suggests that any really rubber source is suitable. There are three states, Victoria, Tasmania, and New South Wales that focuses uh, only on passenger and trucks. So uh, the use of OTR has not been um, foreseen by these uh, three states. Western Australia is probably the one with the, with the broader adoption of different sources. And they say uh, that needs to come from end of life ties or other suitable rubber products. 
which means that it can also be from conveyor belts, for instance. And if you are a mining state, there are a lot of conveyor belts that usually go to landfill. So crumb rubber asphalt specification, wet blend in particular, um, there are not still that many across Australia. I know that several road authorities are, are, are trying to develop something now. So this might be a good review, a good opportunity to um, embrace a larger variety of sources in, in the new specs um, coming. Um, this can bring several benefits, for instance, more effective collection and use of tires by the tire recyclers. Um, they could improve their, increase their productivity, for instance. Um, they can also possibly reduce the production cost if they can collect whatever they want rather than being focused on track tires only. Um, more efficient disposal of OTR tires, um, especially those from mining operations, which are currently heavily unrecycled, as Anna said. Um, so th there could be several benefits. The last slide I would like to show you is about different perspectives. Um, we have already uh, covered the perspectives of the road authorities in blue down there and, and the tire recyclers in, in green. With, uh, with the road authorities basically um, following the idea that if it's in the specs uh, and, and you can produce something that is according to the specs that can be used. And, and I told you already that most of them, the great majority of them, they do not limit the use of crumb rubber from a specific source. They embrace them all. Uh, the tire recyclers, on the other hand, they are happy to collect more than track tires only, for example, including uh, passenger car tires and other, and recycle them all. Um, although there are differences, in, in the level of automation, there are differences in the level of technology at that particular production plant. Um, and, and I show you the, the statistics of, of what is needed, how many of them need to adjust, so on and so forth. How many of them can, can cope well with, uh, with fluff and textile, how many of them cannot. So these differences nationally um, can potentially influence the, the quality of the final product. Um, particularly for what relates to the presence of steel, the presence of textile. And, and this is something that um, the contractor, when we spoke to them, which are on the right-hand side uh, of this pie chart in gray, the contractor um, know quite well. They were quite clear to us and they told us that the product they source is sometimes inconsistent and, and that they require to adjust the production um, processes sometimes to deliver a final product that is consistent and that complies with uh, the current specifications in terms of binder performance or asphalt performance. So ultimately, what was clear was uh, from this exercise was um, that the road authorities may develop and include a little bit more test methods, especially for what relates to the presence of textile and, and steel in crumb rubber. And, and yes, there is a, a test method to, to test the presence of steel, but according to what the tire recycler feedback was, this is quite generic and quite empirical. And, and sometimes they were kind of baffled um, by the easiness of, of getting skewed results when testing steels in, in their crumb rubber. Um, there is no test method to, to access the, the content of textile present in, a present in a tire. So this will allow probably tire recyclers to produce um, more consistent products 
and and it will also in turn allows the um, asphalt industry, the binder industry, to um, avoid that variability in the product that they get every time. Um, interesting, interestingly, and and quite pleasantly, I should say, from the time we started this project and and we sparked the conversation around the use of different types of tires in roads applications, several projects have followed in the field across Australia. So you can see. Queensland is starting to use OTR, um, a project that we are involved with, with Sunshine um, Coast uh, City Council about the use of OTR, um, the SS Rock initiative in, in Sydney uh, for the use of passenger car tyres in asphalt, among other things, in Victoria with a few projects that are now coming up and a few research projects that have been conducted already. And then the final one down at the bottom, which is including passenger OTR and track tyres, and Anna will talk to you more about this. Anna, over to you. Thank you, Filippo. I'm just uh, sharing my screen. Right, yes, so this is my the last part of this uh, presentation uh, where we're gonna talk about this uh, um, demonstration project uh, that we are organizing as part of this uh, project. So, um, and, the, and as I mentioned at the start, one of the objectives of the project was to evaluate the feasibility of using other sources of rubber impeachment. And so the scope of the, pro the demonstration project is to explore if there are any uh, barriers during the supply, the production and the construction of crumb rubber asphalt from other than uh, track tire sources. And with the goal to uh, actually showcase uh, the possibility uh, of using other alternative uh, sources uh, other than track tires um, following uh, the same uh, the common industry practices. Now after several discussion uh, I'm very pleased that we have received the confirmation uh, that this demonstration project will take place in Tasmania and I would like to thank the Department of State Growth and the Fulton Hogan for supporting and collaborating in this project and to make this demonstration happen. So the location is on Tasman Highway, which is one of the largest, longest in Tasmania, and the, treat, the paving area is about 5,000 square meters. Um, the treatment, uh, uh, which has been approved by uh, Department of State Growth, is a 10 millimeter dense uh, graded uh, crumb rubber asphalt over semi seal, um, and uh, using a, a crumb rubber modified bitumen containing um, 14, 15 percent uh, crumb rubber. Uh, so the sources of rubber will be uh, track tires uh, as a control. Uh, and then uh, passenger uh, car tires and OTR tires. So here are some pictures of the road conditions. Um, so as I said, Tasman Highway, uh, this is a significant route for all oversized activities. Um, we were told that the um, annual average daily traffic is uh, a bit over 2,000 vehicles vehicle per day, uh, with 11% of heavy vehicles. And uh, you know, from, from some of these photos, you can see that 
um, you know, the, the pavement uh, uh, generally present uh, several patches and also signs of fatigue cracking and uh, in some cases, uh, in some parts also rutting. So this is a view of the street and um, uh, so for people in Tasmania may know where this is. Uh, the site, the selected site is uh, um, between Nehru Street and Craig Street and um, so we are planning to have three consecutive uh, test sections, uh, 220 meter long and 7.4 meter wide. wide. Um, as I said, it's a semi-seal with 30 millimeter overlay uh, with a dense graded asphalt uh, uh, using S45R, so a crumb rubber modified bitumen with uh, around 15% crumb rubber. And uh, so it's currently um, scheduled for complexion at the end of February, so let's say end of February, early March. Uh, the material test uh, will be undertaken by the contractor and, um, and so essentially in this project we want to follow all the steps uh, from uh, you know, sourcing the rubber to delivering the rubber, um, supplying to you know, the contractor, making the crumb rubber modified bitumen and then uh, um, uh, making the asphalt and check then on site the laying of this crumb rubber modified asphalt. So we hope that uh, this project will contribute to expand the uh, knowledge around alternative sources of rubber and also the uptake of uh, the use of alternative um, sources. So I will uh, then stop now. This will conclude my presentation. Uh, so I would like to thank you all for listening and uh, I'm going to hand over to uh, Filippo to open the Q&A session. Thank you. Thank you, Anna. Um, we have received a few questions. Um, the first one is about slide 12. So if Ekaterina can go all the way up to slide 12, please. Yes, that's perfect. Thank you. Um, the question, Anna, is um, basically saying that um, one only has to look at the steel industry as a shining example of how they have reused old steel into new steel, right? So basically the steel industry is almost recovering everything. And, and actually we haven't said that, but part, well, the majority of the steel produced as, as a byproduct of uh, tires, it will go back to the steel industry for recycling again. Um, it, it, the, the question is probably, it's more of a comment saying, it, it is disappointing that only 20% of old tires are being reused, the 20.2% we see down at the bottom. So the question is, what is Osreds or the federal government or other initiatives doing to increase this value to um, closer to 80%, for instance? Um, a few examples like uh, industry developing small tire manufacturing facilities in Australia. What would you say? Oh, that's an interesting question. I'm not sure I can uh, uh, answer uh, in terms of, uh, of, honestly, I'm not aware of any initiatives uh, at this stage. Um, well, for instance, Anna, for instance, the one you just presented in Tasmania, that I think was also uh, in collaboration with Stewardship Australia, who has invested some funds in providing the industry member with the right um, equipment. Is that true? Yes, yes, yes. In Tasmania, especially in Tasmania, 
um, the, um, there is a tire reprocessing grant program um, where the, the Tasmanian government is providing, uh, um, I think it's up to three million to partner with industry to develop a crumbing plant uh, and to you know, provide alternative and sustainable solutions. So perhaps uh, you know, that could be an example of how this could be increased. Yeah, and I also know about the um, Western Australian case study, and one of the pictures from my presentation was taken exactly from one of the um, newcoming Western Australian recycling plants, um, which I, I, can't pro I can't probably mention the name of, but um, they have received significant investment from uh, the state government uh, in Western Australia to, to buy new equipment, and I know TSA was also involved into that to buy new equipment, especially dedicated for uh, shredding and, and handling uh, big mining tires. Um, the, the one, the, the big machine that I show you in one of my slides, that's called a T-Rex, um, and, and especially related to, to that particular uh, operation. Um, there is another question about um, if we can provide the names and the locations of the tire recycling plants in Queensland, specifically? Well, it's in the report. So, um, uh, there are uh, all the tire uh, recycling companies we have interviewed and they gave us uh, information are listed in the report. And um, so, I'd suggest to perhaps have a look at that. Um, I'm not sure I can mention uh, uh, now um, the um, plants in Queensland. They are all they are all in the in the report. The only yeah. probably thing we have to disclose is that uh, all the results in the industry surveys have been anonymized, um, just because we didn't want to, to 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 say how much one particular company was selling their product for or what were their capabilities. But the full list including the, their plant location, it's, it's in the report. Um, this is probably a question for me, and it says, I noticed that Western Australia has approved crumb usage from sources such, a, such as rubber conveyor belts. Is there any research data on the performance on crumb rubber produced from conveyor belts? Um, the straight answer is that I'm not aware of any research data done on conveyor belts modified binder. I do know that there is only one company, but Anna can probably help me out on this, in the entire uh, Australia that it can reprocess conveyor belt. Is that correct, Anna? Yeah, it is. Uh, um, there is one in Western Australia um, that is, I guess, specialized in the collection and um, um, recycling of these conveyor belts. Unfortunately, uh, they uh, didn't uh, participate to the um, survey. Uh, so, yeah, unfortunately, we didn't get uh, um, details or information from them. Um, we only found something, uh, um, you know, through looking on their website. Uh, but, yeah, I'm aware that um, um, there is... Uh, work going on uh, to reuse the um, conveyor belt. So the, the fact with conveyor belt is that there is a large quantity of it, especially in mining states, and there is quite a consistent 
rubber coming from it. However, there, there might be uh, problems associated with removal of textile from it. Um, although this company seems to be doing uh, quite well in, in achieving a consistent um, product. Um, the same is true for uh, different type of tires. So the lack of research data on the performance is also related to OTR, for instance. And that was probably one of the reasons why we decided to include OTR into the Tasmanian demonstration project, because um, it's probably a problem that is mostly related to um, Australia compared to other countries that are using crumb rubber, like the United States and, and Europe, so on and so forth, South Africa. Um, but there is pretty much nothing on the use of OTI. In fact, now there are a few initiatives, and I, and I show you those in the map on the map uh, in Queensland specifically, looking at um, OTR into sprayed seals and OTR ties into asphalt. So we'll probably get to know more in, in within 2023 about this. Um, the last question, because it's already 2 p.m., are there any New South Wales-based um, case studies for the use of crumb rubber in roads? Uh, well, we're working on that now. <laughs> uh, there is a large project. Uh, uh, we've been involved, uh, we are still involved uh, uh, with the SS Rock uh, in Sydney. So there are uh, several councils uh, that uh, got together and they have, uh, um, and the project includes uh, a demonstration. Uh, projects uh, uh, using different type of crumb rubbers, different uh, uh, type of asphalt mixes, um, and this is all with method, because uh, in New South Wales we know that the crumb rubber has been used uh, primarily uh, with the dry method, and uh, there was a, a, the need or the, um, to understand the, you know, how to extend the use of crumb rubber in roading, and so um, trying to uh, understand more around uh, the um, wet method, so when we add the crumb rubber to the bitumen. And so, yeah, there is this large uh, uh, project going on um, um, where, you know, potentially um, there will be um, a lot of, uh, um, you know, information uh, because it will, uh, you know, go over many different types of uh, application, always asphalt, but, you know, different types uh, from dense graded to gap graded uh, and different content of crumb rubber, different type of crumb rubber. So when we finish that, uh, definitely will be a huge um, <clears throat> amount of work and <clears throat> excuse me, information that can be useful for the future. And yes. these trials uh, will uh, um, happen uh, uh, hopefully in March, fingers crossed. And so. But yeah, there would be then a final report uh, detailing uh, all the, you know, what uh, the trial, the demonstration project included and also monitoring of the sites. Yeah, and just to point out and clarify that New South Wales has already a rich history of using crown rubber in the dry method. It's just that the wet method hasn't been developed fully, uh, not just by New South Wales, but also uh, other states. And one last remark from me is that um, we, have, we have heard many times about the fact of the natural rubber versus synthetic rubber. The more I keep studying this, this meta, the more I start finding inconsistencies uh, in terms of um, Australia importing a lot of tires, passenger car tires, for instance, from Southeast Asia. And in these countries, 
the cost of natural rubber is well below the cost of synthetic rubber. So in countries like India, for instance, the quantity of natural rubber in their passenger car tires is higher than the synthetic rubber in the passenger car tires. So when we import them all and then they reach the end of life and then they're being shredded and crushed, there is a certain variance that can play a role within the final composition. So I do not see a huge difference in terms of natural uh, rubber versus synthetic rubber in truck and, and, and car tires. But just uh, the final comment, Ekaterina, I'll lend it over back to you. There are a few other comments, a few other questions we haven't had the time to respond to, but we'll make sure that the author will get an answer from Ostrids. Yeah, we'll do that. Thanks so much, Philippa. Thanks, Anna. Uh, just a couple of slides to finish the session. As you can see, uh, we have uh, many webinars um, on our schedule. Um, you might be particularly interested in three sessions um, that we are having on the 24th of February, uh, the 7th and the 22nd of March. They're highlighted um, on the slide. Um, have a look at our website to find out more and to register. And as usual, after we close out today's session, a questionnaire will pop up on your screen. Uh, please take a couple of minutes to send us your feedback. It really helps us to know what you liked or didn't like about the session and what suggestions you have for future webinars. Um, once again, today's session has been recorded and we will send you the link um, to the recording when it's published on our website. Thanks again, everyone. Stay well and safe um, and enjoy the rest of your day. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you. Bye.